best one is like if you go home, let's say you go to work that day, and then around 8 o'clock at night, you're kicking back, you got the t- TV on or something, and then your head informs you you had a bad day. Yeah. Wouldn't it, it, how would, I mean, if, if you were alive and you were in the day, wouldn't you know it was bad when it was happening? Why is it like 10 hours later your head tells you it was bad? It, it breaks the news to you. I mean, you're the one that was supposedly living that day, I would imagine so. But then why is that put off the recognition of the living of it and just waiting around, waiting for the, for the narrator to uh, sort of tell me how things are going? Yeah? If what happens if you get addicted to that? It's not you. The mind gets addicted to it. But your attention and interest gets addicted to it because your attention and interest usually follows where you think everything is about you. Whatever that you is, that's where your interest and attention is. Yeah? So if you think you is this image, this body, mind image, then your interest and attention is going to be absorbed in what's happening to this. And in that, you become unconscious to what's happening. You're walking around totally unconscious, basically. Isn't that a good indication that you, there must be some kind of unconsciousness that if you had a job and you were in it the whole day, you know, there was, this, there was the surveillance camera caught you at the site. Yeah, you put that little ticket in and got a pet punch. But you, it was only until 8 o'clock at night that you found out you had a bad day at work. Wouldn't that be like, you know, if, if that was a medical problem, I would have called the doctor immediately. He'd say, Jesus Christ, I'm out to lunch. Ten hours. Some people, it's years. Yeah. Some people, it's years. Every day, in and out. They're walking almost like sleepwalking through a life, and their head is just narrating it, making up anything it wants to about the basic, uh, let's say, raw like uh, resource of being conscious. It's just making up a story about what it was like to be you. Doesn't it? And then if you run into someone in the past that knew you, and they, let's say you share a, an event that we all, let's say all these people that I knew got arrested at the same time, I was one of them. And yet everyone tells the story, it's a different story, every one of them. Which one could you actually put your hat on and say, oh, that's what really happened? You have no idea what's really happened. And yet your head pontificates as if it does, all day. In a way, as a smokescreen to recognizing what is really happening, which is, I would say, on a fundamental level in this place called experience, conscious contact. There's something that's on, you may call it you, but I would say it's prior to that idea of being you. There's something that's on that is meeting whatever you want to call all of this through five gates or through five doors. And they're called feeling, seeing, hearing, tasting, touching. And then there's a sixth door where you can think about the other five doors, yeah? You can think about feeling, seeing, hearing, tasting, touching in that little mental realm. So there's six doors where consciousness meets whatever is seemingly going on here, yeah? You see it, you hear it, you feel it, you taste it, you touch it, or you think about it, or imagine it, whatever. Those are the ways, six things. Now, there's only one energy that's coming through those six doors. There's not vision, hearing, seeing, tasting, smelling, touching. There's consciousness that goes through this certain lens called hearing, and so then consciousness experiences itself as hearing. Yeah? 
this consciousness going through this lens called I, and it's now called vision consciousness. Yeah? Now it's conscious as seeing, and then it's conscious as feeling, and conscious as tasting, and conscious as touching, and conscious as thinking. Yeah? In other words, the consciousness precedes all of the... It's sort of like there's a verb, but one part of the verb is running, one part's walking, one part's limping, one part's crawling, one part's being dragged. But in fact, there's all just one. There's different ways, but it's all one. Yeah. So there's consciousness, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And seeing consciousness or mind sees thoughts, like you would see a bird fly by a window if you were looking at it. Consciousness or mind, not conditioned mind, but mind, the, the, the uh, fabric of mind sees thoughts, just like you see a chair. So, for the, it is a huge leap for the mental process, which is what produces a sense of being a self. Yeah? So the mental process has an idea that there's a you, a you. Yeah? And it wraps that idea of a you with a lot of habit and repetition and a feeling. Yes? Because a feeling combined with a thought, as you know, is much more convincing than just a feeling or a thought. When you have thoughts that coincide with a feeling, that's when you tend to go under a lot of time, yeah? If it's a thought, you can sort of get immunity to it. If it's a feeling, it seems to come and go. But when there's a feeling wrapped around the thought, it, you, the mind takes it very seriously. And how much seriously does it take it? It calls it me. I'm the one who's feeling this. I'm the one that this is happening to. Yeah? So there's this mental process, and the mental process produces something. I call the mental process, this one a action of it is called selfing to me. Yeah? It's producing an effect. So the verb of selfing produces an effect called a self. Yeah? A self. A. A self. Now, as soon as the mind becomes identified with that presentation, it's sort of like, hey, I th I'm going to present what I think is you. Whoop! The mental process goes, you're a body. You were born... You have a story, you have wants and this and that, blah, 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 all these concerns, this is your mom and dad and everything. And the mind went, okay, became identified as that. Now the A-self becomes self. Yeah? Now this is a whole different ballgame, because there's a great immunity to the act of selfing if you see it as A-self. If you see it as self, there's almost no immunity to it. As soon as you see it as self, then you are sorely in need of relief. You are busily seeking to get relief from that bargain that's been made. And as soon as the bargain is made, you forgot, you forget conveniently, the mind forgets very conveniently that there was ever an invitation to entertain that. You believe now, I have been that. And from that point on, whatever comes your way, you think it's coming to you. It's like in the, we use this example of the ocean and the wave. So let's say here, we're sitting here, and this is a meeting of waves. Yeah. We're all sitting here, separate, individual, long-lasting, independent waves. Yeah. And we're going to have a meeting about ocean. But the whole idea of being a wave has to have a denial of the oceanness for it to seem to be a wave. 
For you to take yourself seriously as a wave, you have to be what? In the forgetfulness of your nature of ocean, obviously. Or that oceanness would override all the tribulations and trials of being a wave. It would be like a big huffing and puffing and nothing would be blown down because you know you're the ocean. Yes? But so there's, so here we are, all people thinking we're waves, and we're actually discussing the possibility of ocean. <laughs> That's why it's so beautiful that you're going to get nothing here, because it's best to be left with the idea of being a wave. So that maybe, just maybe, you'll see Possibly, I'm not that, and that's the invitation right then and there. The oceanist doesn't take time to come in. You know, it doesn't take like an hour or three months of workshops to feel wet. There's an immediacy. The solution has no time involved in it. That's why at now you're always okay. It's only when you put a there and then that the mind gets into thinking something else. Yes? But now, the now is like the eternal pause that stops the selfing. And it's the last place the wave wants to recognize. Because if the wave recognizes the ocean, its reality as a wave gets dispersed immediately. So there's a very strong mental, unconscious, subconscious, whatever you want to call it, but there's an agenda in the mental process not to recognize. It may want the ocean, it will do that. It may want to have an experience of the ocean, it will definitely do that, but it will never entertain, I am the ocean. No, 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 no. Because if I am the ocean, then what am I not? A wave. Yeah? It's not like a big process. If I am the ocean, it isn't like, okay, I have a lot of time to spend, you know, lollygagging until I get the hit that I'm, a, you know, that I'm not a wave. No, it's, if I am the ocean, I'm not a wave. It's very quick. It's not like a big process. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've gotten hits of it already many times, probably a lot of you. But what occurs is the mental process overrides that hit, yeah? gets engaged in producing a story about what it's like to be a wave here, a solitary, imaginary wave with private thoughts and all this and all that. And the last thing it wants to come in contact with, which is everywhere and all the time, it just doesn't want that. So, the idea of everywhere and all the time may become a goal that the wave wants to get, but it will use time, doing and having, to arrive at the ocean, and you will never arrive at the ocean that way, because there is no arrival at the ocean. The only way you could arrive at the ocean is if you were separate from the ocean. Yeah? It's like the bubble hanging over the ocean thing going, oh, I long for the, an experience with the ocean. Oh, I long to merge with the ocean. Ah, la, la, la. All the while, as it's longing to merge with the ocean as a bubble, that's sufficiently the separation. It's when the bubble gets popped, then it is ocean. There was no longing or desiring or wanting. That's all mind. It's all mind. Wanting something is the greatest way to prevent you from ever getting you are that something. Yeah. That's the whole point. The whole desire to get, let's say, liberated, you're freed from it. There's no freaking desire at all to be liberated. You see there's nothing to be liberated from. The whole way it's set up here by the, the conditioned mind is not the way it is. They, all of this is an appearance of waves. Yeah? Allowing 
knocking our head to lose the sense of the depth of the ocean and just be concerned with the trivialities of the appearances. Beep, 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 following it. Is that way beating me to the shore? I don't want to break at Stinson Beach. I want to break at Malibu. Oh, who dropped that? I want that seashell. Who got that seashell before me? No, 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 no. The importance of being a wave can only seem so important when there's the denial of ocean. I'm serious. There's no way. If the denial of ocean wasn't there, you wouldn't take this thing so fucking seriously. You wouldn't. And that's the freedom. The freedom is from the bondage to self. What is the bondage to self? It's a mental activity. It's an interpretive system that interprets sensations and causes them to be spun and then to wind around an idea, a central idea, and then your interest and attention circles it like flies around shit. Yeah? And so you can't think of anything other than how everything pertains to you. We're saying this to you today. Someone starts talking about their mother and immediately you want to jump in with your mother. Why don't you just shut up and listen to them say what they're saying? I don't have to jump in and say, well, my mother or, or yeah, I had a bad day at work, I had a bad day at work. Let them say what they fucking want. Hold the space. See what happens. Don't have to get into it. Just sit there. It'll disarm this whole thing. It's, you know, it gets uncomfortable with someone if you're sitting there and they want yapping away. But the head wants to engage, yes? It's sort of like, it's like a secret salute we do to each other. <laughs> Selfie, yes. I'm in there, I'm in there. <laughs> Everything was great, but that's the beginning of the world. You ever listen to me? If you ever, I've gone to a lot of these meetings, unfortunately. <laughs> People will say, oh, the light, the light, the light, but, and then the reality of their world comes in. But... B-U-T, the whole world comes out of that ass. B-U-T. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard people when they share about freedom? They always bookend it with, but I'm still crazy. They just fucking have to tie it to that. They have to tie it to that allegiance of conditional mind. They're afraid to have the balls to just stand alone and stand free and say, fuck it. You know, jeez. No, no, no. It still has a big wallop. <laughs> I know it can really whack me. It can only whack a fucking wave. Like in the Course of Miracles, it says, your attack thoughts are attacking your invulnerability. As the ocean, you're invulnerable to any breaking of any wave. A 70-foot wave breaking in the ocean means absolutely nothing. It's only when it runs into a shore. As soon as it runs into a noun, you, then the wave can have a huge impact. Yes? But if you're not a shore, if you're not a noun, if you're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, there's just ocean moving. Yes? Things are happening. And they're not happening to you. That's the great news. And you don't try and work on that view. The view gets adjusted by recognizing you're not that. Your view will get adjusted accordingly. I'm serious. You, how could you adjust your own view? It's not your view. There's no you to adjust any view. One of the, the biggest view is there's a you. And that's what gets adjusted. When you entertain I'm not that, you start seeing the new. Like Jesus, I think he implied, saying, you'll have eyes to hear and ears to, ears to, what? Eyes to see? No, eyes to hear would even be better. 
You have eyes to see and ears to hear. Something changes. The reference, the the fixation, the flag in the river, yeah? Life is like that verb, and the the mind just wants to stick a flag in it and say, this is where I am. This is the river, but it's just moving water. All it is is verbing. How can you say, what is the river? The river connotes or signifies something. It never captures the essence of it, yes? It's like we did it with, again, with that space. Here's this chair, 50 years, this chair's been here. A lot of important answers have sat in this chair. A lot of incredible proclamations occurred. People got divorced and married from this chair. Yeah? Seems to have a huge significance. And yet if I got up and moved it, would it have show any effects that was ever here? Only on other appearances. It would show an effect on the rug and maybe on this. But in the space, there would be no history of that chair. There would be no tattoo of it. It would be as if it was never there. That's what an appearance is. An appearance in space is just that. It has no effect on the space that it's appearing in. It's not taking up any space. It's not solid. It's an appearance. Have you ever heard someone on the airplane go, hey, we've had turbulence up here. We just ran into this big piece of sky. What well, no, no. No. The sky is like open space. Everything appears in it and disappears in it. Fourth of July explosions never cut open the sky. Terrible, heinous acts have probably been done on airplanes and nothing, there's no effect on the sky. The sky is like a good example of mind, that open sky mind. It's like that. Our nature is of that, not of this. This is the nature of an appearance. How can you tell easily? Even if you don't even want to go far in in a stretch of entertaining it, you appear, therefore you're disappearing. That's the nature of an appearance. Something that's real overrides that. It doesn't appear and then disappear. It's always so. What's not real appears and disappears. Yeah? This body, though it seems like it's been here a long time, but that's just a, 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 like a perception of degrees. Because let's say a bug, we go with this, that bug maybe has a daylight. Let's say it got up late that day. It got up at 11. It was underneath a flower or something. And it woke up. Jesus, this is my only day. And by 1 o'clock it got squished. Yeah? But to it, that was a whole life. It's all mental con- conceptions that this seems long. If you look at it, it has the exact nature of that bug. It appeared, and it's going to disappear. But what was there prior to the appearance, and what was there during the appearance, and what was there after the appearance? Well, let's say we can't really know what prior to, we can't know what's after, but during, there it is. There is a possibility to entertain the verb of living because you are that verb of living. You have the quality of being conscious. Yes? That consciousness is is doing its verbing right now. It's conscious of, yeah? So through the intimation of what's conscious of, you can get a feeling of what consciousness is, yeah? And that feeling may be that it's always so, at all times, never affected by what's appearing in it. 
If you want to use that example of the sky, look up at the sky and see. That's sort of like a, a way of explaining very crudely the expanse of mind that hasn't been bonded to the idea of being a self. Yeah? Everything, all things, appear in it, but nothing that appears in it affects it. And yet, that can affect appearances greatly when entertained. But, appearances can't affect that. Even though appearances have denied it and are acting as if it's not so, they're not having any experiences of bumping into it, it still doesn't change the fact that that's all there is. Because it's prior to the appearance. You were conscious before the idea of being a woman or a girl, boy or Paul or Mary ever arose. That came much later. But consciousness was always so. Yes? So here's the space. I take the chair away. Or let's say I take Paul away. Let's say I go back to my hometown where I did the most heinous act that I can remember. There's no evidence of that in the space where it happened. Yeah? If I move this wall, do you think I have to move space in? The wall didn't take up any space. It's just appearing in the space. Yeah? This is appearing in the space. This is appearing in the space. What are you making up of all this? <laughs> oh, let's fuck that. Let's just attend to things. Let's, because we're living in this world of waves. All we want to do is recognize other waves. It validates our waveness. Yeah? If this world wasn't real, would I be? Of course not. So I have to seem to think this world's real so that I get a sense of reality. And it's a yeoman's bit of work. The mind is constantly working at reinforcing the idea that this is real and denying what is real. We have it so much that we believe because it's solid and can touch it, that's real, and what can't be touched or felt is nothing. But nothing is actually what's real. And all this something is just an appearance in it. The real mother and father of all is nothing. Somethings. Our mind is engaged in the realm of somethings because it's a something. That's what it's identified as. This a something. It doesn't, it cannot entertain nothing truly as a something. You can receive an invitation as a something, but the entertaining of that is nothing entertaining nothing. Yeah? That's what I have total confidence in. I don't care what people do with this, because I know once it gets into through the conceptual mail slot, the conditional mind will look at the envelope, see that there's nothing, throw it down, but the mind may come over it and go, hey, what's that? And the invitation is, I'm not that. <laughs> when the large mind goes, I'm not that, what does it do? It stretches its own innate muscles. So instead of entertaining peace as something I may get by doing and having, it recognizes peace as its own nature. It understands serenity and knows peace. It has a new attitude and an outlook. All of these, with no time involved. Yeah, doom doesn't mean you get a flood of peace and that's it. Here it may, the flood is that and it may appear to, t to deepen over time. But that's just the effects of being in a seeming movie of appearances, yeah? But the message is not of time. The message is immediate, timeless, bing. It's like whack. It's prior to even a whack, yeah? That's the freedom. And it's truly, be, it's truly reliable. 
And after all the time, your life, this life, has been spent being relying on something that's unreliable. What a refreshing change to actually find yourself resting in something that causes and promotes more rest instead of agitation. You have total faith, every one of us in this room. You have an incredible amount of faith. But what happens here is, faith is like an energy that manifests by the vehicle you put it in. If you put it into your daily thoughts, you're going to have anxiety. Because the future is going to seem real to you. It's going to appear as real as real can be. It's going to override the appearance that this is real. This is much less important than that, then and there, obviously. Your head loves to dwell in the mental realm, doesn't it? It loves to think about what's not happening. And then it actually produces effects out of a causeless place. It's mind-boggling to me. What's not happening is, has no semblance of reality. Even in this dream, you can't transport next Friday here. You can't say, oh, I want to bring Friday, this Monday, for, you know, bring Friday in, next Friday in. You actually cannot make it appear here. And even if you think it's happening in your head, if you shared it with other people, they wouldn't believe you because they're, they're living next Saturday or two years ago. Yes? It's very rarely that you hit someone at the same time that they're manifesting what's not happening. The same what's not happening. It's very, it's like the, it's like the lottery. Very rarely you miss, yeah? So, but here I am, I go up here, my intention and interest fuels it, yeah? The mind goes up into this state, this mental realm, and it goes, well, I could be destitute next week. Like, that's a possibility. So are, you know, so is that I could have had two girls. I could have had two babies, but I'm a, I'm a man. But I could have done that, possibly. If I was a woman, I could have had two kids. So these possibilities are only speculative, and it goes off. And it speculates what could possibly happen to you as this. And when that occurs and you believe it, when you have faith in what's not happening, something happens now in this, which is the, the effects of anxiety. You produce your own vintage, like wine, you produce your own vintage fear out of mental anxiety. It's mind-boggling. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's nowhere, there's no place you can go to pick it up. Right? Really, I'm going to, my truck, let's go, I'm driving into what's not happening, I'll be back with a whole shitload of anxiety. No, you're actually mentally producing it, yeah, in a mental realm, which is appearing now, if there's no past or future. If you're thinking about the past, you're doing it now. There's never been a moment that you thought about the past that wasn't this moment. <laughs> I mean, literally. And the future. So, but the mind goes there, and it produces effects, doesn't it? I mean, actually, on the body it does. You get coiled up and contracted, don't you? Your mind starts racing, you start getting sweaty, your heart may be beating, maybe you start eating because you're afraid of next week, and, or, or, you know, buy the porno, get the agandas or something. And there's nothing really that's motivating you or stimulating you other than dwelling in what's not happening. There's no reason why you need to have a thing of agandas because you're afraid because it's not happening. Yeah? But, you know, so it produces a lot of effects out of nothing. It's like a great miracle worker. And the point is, this is the act of playing God, if you look at it. In recovery, we say the first requirement of or the how and why of this whole comprehensive way of life called recovery is to quit playing God. I mean, it's the how and why of the whole program. And very few people, they just go right over it. You know, they don't, oh, yeah, let's go back to it. The doing and having part. Yeah. Well, that's the doing. Part of you believing 
that doing and having is the only way to get somewhere is playing God. You're stuck in one modality of doing and having, and it may apply to getting a job or making a sandwich, but it does not apply to knowing life from your own nature. It does not apply to that topic at all. You cannot do yourself and have yourself into this because you are already that. So here I am, and all this poor body is—it's <laughs> like the—it's like the the canvas of expression. See, I paint on the inside, and it comes out the outside. Liver problems, you know, beady eyes, all this other shit. But you can see if you can see who's devoted to what. You know, a mind devotee is instead of like this, they're like this. Worry constantly about nothing. Really. <laughs> expect to get out of it. I think it's because we're afraid we'll be, we'll be saved from the impending doom we're really afraid of by tithing a little bit of fear every day. Maybe that's, it's like King Kong in that village, you know, where they, they put the girl out there once a year to keep appease King Kong so it wouldn't run, you know, run roughshod over their village. Maybe that's what we do with our little gorilla of impending doom. The, the, the forbidden door of the mental realm, don't go there! That's what you're really afraid of. You're really afraid of there do anything not to go there. <laughs> okay, I'll worry about inane things all day. Okay, that's good. That's a good tithing, yes. Tithe to me. I'm a jealous God. Don't put any God before me. I'll smoke you. Doesn't it sound like your head? The Old Testament God? Sounds like my head to me. I'll smoke you and don't put any other God before me. I'm a jealous God. Fuck, what a God to have. Have to have a jealous girlfriend, boyfriend? That's bad enough. A jealous God? <laughs> We'd be totally fucked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So this thing plays God in the mental realm. You can't play God here because something's overriding its desire to play God, which is conscious contact. It's the constant, always available, as long as you're alive, invitation to wake up to the fact of what? Consciousness is what's living this life, not you. There is no you. Consciousness is having an experience of itself the best, closest way it can by seeing itself as other. Yeah? It can't have an experience of itself. It's all there is. But it can do a pretty nice trick by going, all right, I'll just come. It's like, it's, it's trippy. It's here we are, and there's this thing called subjectivity, right? Or consciousness, let's say. Or it's the spirit. And yet then, then there's all these bodies, and we're like all different camera locations. Yeah? with a camera and a tripod, and the subjectivity is coming through all these camera locations, and it's seeing itself as other, and having a different experience through each location. So, two billion experiences of its appearances as other. Could you imagine how incredible that would be? Consciousness, all it is is pure subjectivity, is coming through here, and we're conditioned to believe we're the subject. That's what makes it juicy, I think, for it, right? And so now the camera thinks, I'm the one that's seeing this. This is my life, and yet it's all subjectivity coming through, but we take ourselves to be the subject. We don't. The mind falls into it. So we're having a subjective life, but really what it is is subjectivity. Pure subjectivity, yet it's having a subjective experience. That's pretty trippy. Eh? Don't believe anything I just said. I'm just going to rip it. I have no idea if that's what's happening. You don't even need to know. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't help you at all. For me, the only thing you need to know is you're not that. 
That's all you need. I'm not that. Whatever is presenting as me, or talking as if it's from me, or it's talking as if it's talking about me, to me, that me and all of the activities, I'm not. What I am, I could care less. But I know I'm. I, I know what I'm not, and that's what's freed me. Not knowing what I am, that doesn't free me, because when I was trying to know what I am, I was trying to know what I am as what I wasn't. There was an assumption I was real when I was doing all these things to get closer to my real self. How can what I'm not get closer to what I am? There's just a simple recognition I'm not that. That's just, you don't need to get close. You are already located there. How could everywhere be an experience? It can only be an experience to a special somewhere. You have to believe that you're special and different to have an experience everywhere of everywhere. The true recognition of everywhere is there's no special somewhere. There's no special gated community called Paul that's entertaining. Oh yes, let's bring a speaker of everywhere into my little realm of Paul. Oh, I really liked what he had to say. Okay, I felt really good, but I'm going to go home and think about it. There we go. The message is totally snooted. It's not the message that's snooted. It's who... It gets nuded by who thinks it's hearing the message. Yeah? If what's not happening is assuming it heard it, that's the way it blocks off the recognition of what's happening. It's unbelievable, man. And no matter how much you try to get it as what you're not, you never will. It's impossible. No matter how long you're willing to wait, I'm gonna, I want to be there when I get it. You're going to be waiting. Your appearance is going to disappear before that ever happens. So this is a simple solution. I'm not that. How I how it started with me, I heard someone like this. Probably much nicer than me and not clearer, but I heard this message and I entertained it. I like to use that word, entertaining, because there's no command. It's not a conscription. It's not a draft. It's not, I should, now that I heard this, I should know none of that. It's an entertaining. Let mind entertain it. See what happens. I hear something, you know, the gatekeeper, you know, the doorman immediately wants to, hey, you're not invited here, no. But if it gets through, it starts moving around and opens up some areas. My, my conditioned head conveniently keeps closed, and then he's done. And things start getting clearer. Blue becomes blue, red is red, things become obvious. And then it's so damn obvious that, well, I wouldn't want to say that you couldn't believe you never got it, because that doesn't even come up either, because there was never a you that never got it before. In other words, see, that you that thinks that it's stopping you from understanding this is also playing God. Nothing can stop you from understanding this. But you have to understand it as it, not as something else, or you won't. Yeah? It's got to be a... So I'm not saying try to learn what it is, just learn what you're not. And if it resonates with you, entertain it and see what happens. If that stranglehold of the mental process loosens up, what's going to occur? The mind is going to appear as sky instead of as a cloud, you know. I think I got it. That's not it either. There is no authentic self 
It's never going to appear. It's going to appear many times, but in that appearance, you know it's not true. The head will sort of assume any position to claim. Yeah. So when it starts, starts knowledge starts breaking on it, it starts. It doesn't know what to do with it. Then it does. It says, "Well, I'll just claim it. I'm getting really clear." landed in my authentic self. This was the, everything else was states of mind, but this is the beingness. No, that's a state of mind also. There is nothing other than states of mind here. In this giant contextual, all there is. Yeah, that's all that's happening here. States of minds are appearing and disappearing, just like bodies do. The body may seem to have longer and more easily defined because you see it on this and this and this. But states of mind are arising the same way. They're arising, departing, arising, departing. The state of mind of selfing arises and departs, arises and departs. But the selfing has a great strategy. It gives a feeling of being continual. So it overrides the gaps of its own act. like It drives over them like speed bumps. It just has a sense that I'm a continual Paul. Yeah? It's just a sense. There's no evidence backing it up. It's just a lullaby. It sings. I mean, what are you right now as a mind but a story? You try to bring the story into the mind, bring it up to the forefront, almost like a badge of your recognition of being here. I'm this. Yeah? Because there's nothing solid behind it. It's just a mental story being presented all the time with one thing to back it up, physicality. The identification as the body. That's the only thing it has to make it seem solid and real. Have you ever worried about spirit? Have you? I mean... Can you sit and go, let me think about what my spirit could be doing 10 years from now. I wonder what condition will be. I think it's going to be in bad shape. You can't fucking think of spirit, can you? It's impossible to capture the thought. But the body, forget about it. You can think about it forever, right? Obviously. I love it. It's the tastiest thing I ever ever fell upon my head. And you'll never get it. You never can get it. It's so, it matches your ability to entertain because of its infinite nature. Isn't your mind tired of entertaining the same old, same old? What's going to happen to me? I don't feel good today. How am I going to get to turn your operation? Oh, I, what about my fairy princess? I'm still driving around junior high school like I'm 18 years old. I'm a 57-year-old guy. Wow, it's fucking insanity. The mind is like stuck in a, like, you know, whatever that thing's called. That, uh, back to the Future, eight. <laughs> it's just like, come on. It's like, you went to that trough, you put your pail in there, it didn't bring up any water, but you're still hoping. I bet you there was water there. I just didn't let it go. No, no, there was no water. It 
was just a mirage. It appeared to be water, but it wasn't. It's always dying to be special in all of its suffering and all of its little acquisitions and and goals. There's nothing wrong with goals and success or anything, but it's great when there isn't anyone that has it. I mean, then you can let the success blossom as much as it wants. If there's a you, you're going to sabotage it probably because it's going to hit a wall where you don't think you deserve it. So you'll have to fuck it up. Yeah? But you can let life go on unimpeded if there isn't a you. Yeah? If it wants to bring you joy, fucking far out. Like I had a guy who got $250,000 uh, whatever inheritance. And then he came over to my house and he just started complaining about all the difficulties this has brought about in his life. Should I tell my friends that I have the... I said, hey, bro, give me the fucking money. I'll be, I'll be enjoying it, and like, as soon as you leave, I'm going out. I mean, Jesus, just give me $10,000, a whole lot more fun than you have with the rest. It's unbelievable. If your mind is insane, isn't it? You're hoping, your whole life story is, if I only had money, then you get, oh, but I can't let you... <laughs> it's freaking insane. Yeah, it's insane. But that's the thing it does in a way. As it, as one of its side effects, at least for me, if things get good, I can go with it big time. Where before, even the, the faint of something good, my mind would immediately preempt it. Oh, no, you don't. You're They're gonna find out. <laughs> Fuck. You tell me to keep striving for this, and, and as soon as I get a vision of it. <laughs> Fuck, I'm like a I'm like a fucking donkey being ridden. Yeah, with the big can you know, carrot and never you know, always pulled out. And yet we're still dumb, we're still going down the same path. One day, one day I will be okay. What does that mean your reality is if one day you will be okay? Your reality is that you're not okay. Yeah? If your whole hope is that one day I will be okay, then the reality you're basically living in, in, in the mental realm, because it's not real, is that you're not okay. Yeah. And all the seeking is, is actually the way of affirming that you're not okay. All the seeking for what you believe will make you okay or more okay is really the, mentals, the, men, the mental activity of affirming that you're not okay. See, if you would just see the mental realm and flip it over, you would see that when you're moving towards something, you're really moving away from something. It's just the way it is. This is like bizarro world, like the comments. Everything is ass backwards. When you're thinking you're going towards the truth, you're as far away that you possibly can be in a mental realm. You can't be far away from it, but in the mental realm, in your pursuit of it, you're as far away as you can possibly be. It's mind-boggling. It doesn't mean don't meditate. Meditation is beautiful, but if it's, at, if it's seen as a vehicle to get somewhere, it's probably not going to deliver you where you think. It's not like, oh, I'm going to stop doing all these things that I really like to do. No, just see if there's someone who's doing it. If there isn't a someone that's doing it, fine, go ahead. Be willing to be accountable, because if I break the law, I may get arrested. Yeah? Shit like that will happen. so clear, you know? It's so simple, really. It doesn't, it's not like rocket science. It's simple. It's, your mind starts entertaining it. 
One at a time, it entertains it, maybe more. It'll be entertaining it not as you, but it'll be entertaining it as mine. That will make a big little in you, and then maybe the thing will keep going, the selfing, and then another time, it'll entertain it as mind unadorned by selfish. And another big impact. And then you'll see this tree seeds by the fruits. You'll start traveling lighter. And you won't know why, because it won't be based on anything you did or had. Something will have just occurred. Yes? It was an effect of what's always so. It's not something that was never there and then it occurred. It's just some of what's always so has leaked into the appearances. Yeah? So in other words, it bleeds through, like through, so here's the appearance, and there's the screen, the appearance is happening. Let's say the screen is unadorned mind, it bleeds through the screen, through the character, the appearance, and the character is usually the last one to know that it's bleeding through, but the character starts traveling differently in the movie. And then the mind goes, wait, it's happened, like maybe months later. And yet the point is, it doesn't even care if anything happened. Because there's such a joy just living now, it's not noting how it's doing anymore. It's not tabulating or accounting or measuring or comparing anymore. It's just fucking living. Yeah, just walking around, on, 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 whatever. Sleep on, blah, blah, blah. Mind slipping out. Oh, It's really clean, and so it leaks out in your character. It doesn't change from the out within, maybe. It doesn't even have to change the character, but what will shine through it definitely will be brighter. It will change from the inside out. And you'll know the tree by the fruit, because you can't know the tree. Because you're an expression of the tree, you know? As an expression, or as a vehicle, you can't recognize it. Yeah? But you'll recognize it or intimate it by its expressions through you. You'll see it leaking out in your life. Where once you used to be flipping out, you don't flip out anymore. Then you realize there wasn't... The only reason why I was flipping out was there was someone to flip out. When there isn't anyone to flip out, there's just flipping out. Yeah? There's no story about it. This mind flips out. When you're getting cooked, you flip out. My mind flips out. My head, oh man. Getting old, I got a hernia, all this stuff happening. My mind has a great story. It would love to flip out every, you know, every two seconds. But there's, it doesn't shake the, you know, whatever. So this is, and it's great when it really wants to huff and puff because then that any kind of remnants of any fear of the impending doom is gone. Because you realize it doesn't have anything in its arsenal at all. It's just air. So you become your own authority. Yes, you become the living scripture. You become, the conviction is in your gut, not in a book or in a past master, but in your gut. You start, and then this is what, this solidity is not brought to you by anything. It's, it's being seen as you. Yes. Stay up. <laughs> All right, go ahead. 
Exactly. That's it. That's exactly, you know, where the invitation is right now. Exactly. So 
like St. Francis says, what's, uh, he said, what's looking. I like the word what's seeing. So let's say what's seeing is what you're looking for. What's seeing is consciousness. The thing that thinks it's looking is that idea of being a you. That's what's blinding it to the scene. It's you looking is what blinds you to seeing. In other words, almost any form to me of looking in this place is a form of blindness to the scene. Because you're trying to improve your looking as if it's going to trans transcend or transmit or transmute into seeing. It doesn't. Looking is a fixed reference coming from here. It's seeing, but it's being interpreted as looking. That's the blindness to the seeing, is the interpretation. I'm not saying, I'm not going to try to change, oh, my looking is seeing, I'm just going to look, there's no my, that's seeing. See? The my is what's making it looking, not the, the looking. The looking isn't disguising itself. I'm going to disguise my, my seeingness as looking. It's the my, when the mental process claims seeing, it turns it into you looking. So what you are looking for is what's seeing, which is happening every moment that you seem to be looking. Yeah? Yeah, the exact moment, that's the imitation. Seeing is, is in the shell of the interpretation by the mind of what's looking. What's looking is a mental interpretation of seeing. Because you assume what's looking is you. See? Yeah? That's what's blinding us to the natural seeing, is that we're identified with seeing, but we're calling it looking. See, it's a perfect way to have seeing disguised, like an open secret. It's right out in the open every moment, conscious context occurring, but we're not noticing it. Because we, we, the mind has presented us as the one that's conscious. Yeah? I'm seeing, which is a way of looking. Yeah? Yeah. That's the beauty of the message. It stops the selfing in its tracks, and there's, there'll be a break or something. There'll be a seeing unadorned with the interpretation of looking on it. Yeah? And immediately, the whole structure of you as a self starts getting eroded very, very strongly. Yeah? Because it's all based on the act of claiming. And the, the primary thing it's claimed is conscious contact. By saying, I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. And there's no need for an I to be seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. It's just what's happening through the apparatus, yeah? Yes? Um, okay, now that you have me more thoroughly confused. So if I seek God, if I seek insight, if I seek enlightenment, if I seek awareness, and if I try to elevate to a higher consciousness, let's say through the 12-step spiritual program, while I'm doing all this looking to find, then I'm blinding myself, so what's the point? Because I'm already there. That's right. If I'm okay, and then now I already have a guy. That's right. I'm already But, but this, the situation with alcoholism, though, alcoholism is a disease of the physicality. It's a disease in the appearance. So let's say if you're awake and you have diabetes, you're going to still take the diabetic medicine because the body, yes, has its own laws and rules here in the dream. You have alcoholism. It is not, you cannot x-ray the body and find alcoholism. It's in the mental process. So the sense of being you is infected with alcoholism. And there's some methods that have been found that you can take care of the body, yes, while you're living. Because I've met a lot of people who are very good Buddhists, but they're still alcoholics. Buddhism isn't going to work on alcoholism, usually. Yeah? 
It's a disease. It's not like a spiritual dilemma. You are spirit. It's a mental dilemma. Yeah? Your mind's infected with alcoholism. Yeah? And that mind is what's producing a sense of being a self. So you are alcoholic as a sense yeah, of self. So I take care of that because that's what... I don't take care of it, obviously, but this is the language. It's difficult to say. This thing has a, a conditioning that the conditioning is, oh, I found a way to take care of it, I'll take care of it. Other apparatuses have found a way to take care of it and said, fuck that. They keep using it, yeah? There's no person who chooses any of that. That's just the way it's built, yeah? So some people have been introduced to AA, they go, fuck it. Other people get introduced to AA, and now they leave that kind of life. And so they get relief. The body gets relief, and the brain, the mental process gets relief from a disease. But spirit isn't affected one way or the other. You are that, what you are. Yeah? If you're identified with the appearance, it may be more difficult to entertain you are that if you're busily combating being this. And you're going to be very busy if you have untreated alcoholism here. Really, you're going to be very busy dealing with the consequences of untreated alcoholism. And it's going to be hard for you to, for some of your interest and attention, to go to entertain something else. Because all you're entertaining is getting relief from the consequences that keep getting produced through you. Yeah? It's sort of like having a fire alarm fire. If you come in this room and say, I'm suffering from this, I'm going to just tell you, hey, where, the, where a pail of water is. I'm not going to give you this message. I'm going to say, get a fucking pail of water because you believe your house is on fire. When you have alcoholism, yes, and it's untreated, you're probably going to believe this is a real place. That's just what I've noticed. Yeah? You may want this message and use it as an advantage to get some relief, but it doesn't hold water. Yeah? You'll be thinking, oh, I don't have to do the steps, I'm not that. But I'll tell you, you'll see what happens here. Because this is a place of appearances, yeah? Not being an appearance doesn't mean you don't, there isn't a, a concern or a taking care of the appearance, because that's not coming from spirit. That's coming from the apparatus. You may have that concern built in, then follow it and take care of the, the disease. If you don't, buckle up, you're going to have a rough ride. Yeah? Yeah. People get confused. They think, if I knew this, therefore all of that wouldn't mean anything to you. None of that means anything to you, literally. But it doesn't mean you don't do anything. See, there's no you. You can't apply third-dimensional thinking like this, like they say in recovery. The third dimension is this place, yes, this world of concepts and doing and having and thoughts. You can't apply that to the fourth-dimensional thing. It's impossible. So we try to think, well, if there was, if I'm not really this, then there wouldn't be anything I needed to do. You've never done anything. There's never been a you to do it or not do it. This whole act that you call your life, you, the, the selfing is still trying to write its relevance into the story. You really believe somewhere you have something to do with it. You do. It's, I've watched it. It's like the one nub no one will give up. They'll, they'll whittle it down, but no... If I, didn't, if I didn't entertain this message, then there would be no message, blah, blah, blah. But you, there's no you that's entertaining or not entertaining it. There is no place where you appear to have relevance. That's the real rub to the mental process. It does not like that. Yeah? It just wants to get its... I'm, I'm important in this. I know it. I can say no to God. Ah, that makes me really important. But 
Knowing God is based on you, isn't it? Who's playing bigger? Who's the bigger God in that equation? Your mental process or God? If you say, oh, I have the power not to know God, then you're more powerful than God, I'd say. Yes? If God wanted to be known, it would overwhelm you, wouldn't it? If it was more powerful. See, the head's always trying to write its relevance into the story. It wants to be something. It wants to be relevant. So it's sort of like, it's like that paper shade. It wants to be the paper shade that seems to block the sunlight of the spirit into the room. All right, I'm not going up. No, you'll have to practice years for me just to move an inch. No, there is no fucking shade. The light is on both sides. There's not light over there, and then you are not in the sunlight of spirit. You are the sunlight of spirit. And conversely, if you have a dilemma here, if you have diabetes and you don't take your insulin, your body's going to go through suffering and you're going to die. If you have untreated alcoholism, you're going to die. And it's probably going to be a rough road. No matter how... Because the fact is the fact. We're not dealing with that. Yeah? There was never a you that was... Stopping it. And there's never a you that's saying, oh, come on in now. There wasn't. You have absolutely, seriously, no relevance whatsoever. Yeah, it's great news. If your mind can get over it. It doesn't particularly like that. <laughs> what I'll tell you, it sort of like implodes and then it explodes. There's a freedom in it. You're really not that much. Like my friend was doing Google search and, you know, looks at his house and goes on and on. Jesus Christ, I was producing a lot of drama in that kitchen today, but now I look at this. What the hell? But in the kitchen, it's very important. But same thing, yeah. Yeah, what? Oh, past the hat, yes. That's how lucky hat now. There's a pen in there, so if you want to write any checks, you can. (laughs) Hey, we only have one more of these next week. Then I'm going away until the 29th of August. I don't know, I may, you know, it's my hernia ruptures. You never know. I hope it ruptures in Sweden. They'll have to take care of me. (laughs)